Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Frank Pizor. So without further ado, here he is. Alright, I am, I am Pastor Frank and uh, I'm the uh, pastor of congregational care here at Harvest, so it's good to see all of you here. I was a little bit worried, um, like around 10.05 there was maybe 25 people here. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, keep in mind that our Youth group is uh, still at their conference, and they're wrapping up their final service as well before they return home later this afternoon. I wanted to continue this series on uh, teens in Scripture and just get us to keep looking at seeing that when we are looking at our teens, what we see are partners in ministry, not the future of our church alone. I think sometimes when we see our students as the future of the church there's not that same sense of cooperation and partnership when we see that they can actually have faith, great faith as well. And so we've looked at people like King David uh, when he was just a little shepherd boy and how he was ordinary and then how he met an extraordinary God who absolutely changed his life as we see so much that he's written, especially with the Psalms. And then we looked at our unnamed uh, Israelite teenage girl who was a captive, and uh, the heart that she had, the compassion, that sense of forgiveness, and that just simple reality of understanding God's grace to her, that she was able to translate that to her master, the person who created the trauma that she was in, ultimately leading him to go to Israel and meet God himself. So we can see that teens are actually doing something. And, And last week, We looked at uh, four teens in Scripture, and we're going to look at them again this week. Uh, I didn't feel satisfied uh, with what I had done last week alone, and I wanted to just give a a, a bigger picture. Because one of the things about pastors, sometimes we ask you to do something and don't give you the how. Like, how many of you know what this is? That's like a dumb question, right? Everybody knows. This is a Rubik's Cube. And uh, you're probably impressed by the fact that I have this completed uh, but I want you to know it's not a real Rubik's Cube. It's a rubber kind of thing. So <laughs> I'm just going to be real with you. What I wanted to do, and, and you might have seen this on Church Center this week, was that I invited someone who had church, um, not church, but Rubik's Cube skills, and I guess nobody answered. I don't know if that's because nobody has that skill or not. And I just wanted to show what it's like when you have instructions. Like my son Tim, when he had instructions, he figured it out, and he knows how to do it. He can do it. Um, someone like me who doesn't want to look at at instructions has no idea. The most I have ever accomplished on a Rubik's Cube is one side. That's it. That's the only thing, because I don't have the patience and I don't have the instructions. And, and so I didn't want to leave us in that place where it's kind of like, okay, last week you told us to have courage, but how do you get to that place where you uh, actually have courage? I mean, it's easy to go, hey, you know what, you and me just go have courage. Okay, great, but like, how do I get there? Do you just suddenly stand up in the middle of your work lunchroom and say, hey, everybody, my pastor told me to have courage, so right now I'm going to have courage and preach the gospel to all of you, right? Is that realistic? Probably not. So uh, one of the things that I want us to look at today is how is it that these young men actually got to a place where they understood that courage was what they needed to do? And so... I want us to look at verses uh, 8 through 10, and I just want to give us, again, that the idea of what the situation is before we hop into the thing that I want to look at. But the verses read this way. 
But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now, God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. But he responded, I am afraid of my lord, the king, who has ordered you that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youths your age, age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. But if you skip down to verse 12, Daniel's response is pretty simple. He says, please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water. Now, the whole story is the idea that Daniel did not want to become a Chaldean. The king and everyone else was trying to shape and mold them into young Chaldean kind of politicians who would think and live the way Chaldeans would. And so they went all out. They educated them. They gave them the good food, the good stuff that you'd want to eat. And he said, no, because if you make me Chaldean, then I really won't be following God. So you know what? I'll pass because this food that you want me to eat that's been sacrificed to idols, that's stepping over a line which I won't cross. And he had that courage. But what I want us to see is not only that he was determined to be courageous, but he did it in a way that was respectful. And I think that's one of the keys that we need to learn as we follow Christ when we're dealing with people who come from a different world perspective rather than trying to browbeat them or win an argument or try to win them to our side because it puts a feather in our cap. What we need to do is, like Daniel, to be respectful enough and say, yes, I understand where you're coming from. Your life is on the line. But I want to make this appeal. And this appeal is, please give us 10 days to show that our God really is going to take care of us. And so his courage is not just based on being courageous. It's being courageous because he trusted that God would provide for them in the end. Now, you know all that, but the question is how it actually happens. So I want us to look at verses 11 through 13, and I want us to notice a little bit of what I call community. So the first and only point that I want to go over today is that community matters. Let's read it. And I have up there, as you'll see, if it's in bold and italics, it's pointing to community. Verse 11. Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel... Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. There's community. Please test us, community, for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. At the end of those 10 days, to see how we, community, look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you have said. Notice all the plurals. There's a lot of community that's going on. Now, to understand community, I need a seeds volunteer. Is there anyone who would be willing to volunteer to help me illustrate this? Okay, Eliza, I think you've done this like every time, so why don't you come on up here anyway? We're becoming great friends through all of this. Come on, brother, come on up. One of the things I fail to do is I always fail to ask, hey, what's your name? So I'm going to give you a chance. What's your name again? Elijah. I mean, I know I said it, but, you know, I just wanted to make sure they didn't have it. So uh, come on over here. We're going to play a game kind of like partial tug of war, okay? So you and I are going to stand here, and uh, here's our thing. Will you don't move there. Here's our line. Do you know how to play tug of war? Tug of war is you have to either one guy drags the other guy over, and 
the other guy tries to drag him over. Now, my fear is that, like, you might let go, and then I'm going to fall and embarrass myself and go backwards. So all we're going to do is you have to get me. I'm not going to pull at all. You have to get me on the other side of this, okay? So you take the end of the shirt, and you ready? And go, pull. Now, okay, he's doing pretty good, right? Actually, you can see movement. That's good, but hold on, hold on a second. Okay, the man is definitely persistent. Okay, all right, time, time out, time out, time out. <laughs> okay, so obviously uh, you're having troubles. Uh, obvi- I probably weigh like four times. How much do you weigh? Like, let's say 50 pounds. I weigh four times what you weigh, so it's a little bit harder for you to get somewhere. So uh, well, you need a little help. Hold on, don't pull yet. So I'm going to let you pick three people that you want to help you win this contest. Okay, and they got to be under 50 pounds. Okay, Winnie, Winnie says, invite me. So Winnie wants to come down here. Oh, she's flexing. All right, we're in trouble already. All right, and I'm just in the habit. Oh, well, I guess I, and your name is? Winnie. I know, and I just said it. All right, Caleb, your name is? Caleb. Okay, pretty good. Right? Isn't that crazy? How do I, why do I do that? Okay, we're missing, we're missing somebody, and you didn't get any volunteers yet. Who else you want to, I'll let you pick one big person. That guy that looks like Kojak over there? Okay, come on. Oh, all right. Now, uh, grab the shirt together, everybody. Everybody get a hand in there. Everybody get a hand in there. All right, ready? And go. Oh, there we go. See see how much easier that was? All right, thank you very much for your help. And uh, I appreciate it. I didn't even stand a chance. Well... A simple illustration. You know, actually, Elijah, can you come back up here? Come back up here. I'm sorry. I, f- I did forget one thing. No prize. Sorry. Um, but as you can see, it's a lot easier when you have people around you helping you do a difficult task. Now, last week, if you remember, part of the community was I had about 40 people stand up. And if I could get a 40 people to stand up again today, uh, does anyone remember what we did last week? We shouted, stop following. Okay, only two people. Don't be a- Okay. <laughs> Come on now, 40 people, you can do it. Remember, what I want you to do this week, last week, we all looked at those four kids and we said, you stop following God, right? Remember that? This week, I want you to say, you keep following God. Although right now, I'm I'm not really, I'm not the greatest at math, but I'm thinking we're a little under 30. So I need about like 15 more people to, there we go. All right, you ready? Elijah, this is what people want to tell you for the rest of your life until you become a pastor. Or a prophet. Okay? Ready? One, two, three. All right. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that, Elijah. You may sit down. What we get there a little bit is understanding that we need community. We, we need each other. We, we need people to help us together to follow God. Now, I don't know, how many of you guys watched the TV show called SWAT? Not the old school one in the 70s, but the new one um, that's... Okay, I'm guessing none of you. <laughs> All right, well, I've, actually, my wife and I have been watching this series, and uh, their whole point and everything that they're trying to get across is, we are family, uh, we've got your back, we stick together through thick and thin. You know, it's like, and, and the whole idea behind the show is not only to reveal to us what happens in police lives, but also just to reveal to us how it is when you're in the fight together, you have to stick together, right? 
kind of like an amen to that? Like if we're a church that is looking to follow Jesus together and we're fighting a culture that wants to make us into its mold, which is less like Jesus, then we have to stick together. And when we don't stick together, well, we're going to have a lot of difficulties in trying to follow God. Now, if you look at this instance here with Daniel and his friends, the four of them are sticking together. They're basically saying to the most powerful people in their lives, we refuse to be just like you, and we're going to say no to what you're asking us to do, because what you're asking us to do is to stop following our God. And we refuse to do that. And I don't think that's a very easy thing to do, even as adults in our culture, correct? It's very difficult. And yet, they're still doing this together, because community matters. The episode, and this is really weird, sometimes this happens to me, but the episode that we were watching yesterday was about an instance where one of the former police officers, because of all of the things that he'd experienced over the years, and because of his own sense of loneliness and desperation, despair, and all those things, felt like expiring. Felt like he needed to do this because he had no reason whatsoever to live. And yet these people (coughs) in the show spent the whole hour looking for him, trying to find him, to let him know that he mattered. You see, community matters. And Hollywood understands that community matters because I don't know how much you watch TV, but it seems the shows that I always sort of gravitate towards are those TV shows that talk about family. Like Chicago Fire. Do you guys, anyone watch that? Or am I the only one that, am I the only one that watches TV in this place? (laughs) It's the same idea that community matters. We must come together and be together. Now, when I say that, I recognize such a statement actually can be burdensome. Because some of us have been in communities where it was anything but what it's like shown on TV or what a pastor may say that it's like in a church life. Community for some of us means those people who were supposed to have my back weren't the people that had my back but made my situation even worse. Some of us have been, (coughs) some of us have been a part of church for so long that we've been a part of so many different communities and that everyone has moved on, you get to a place where you're in your 50s and you go, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of getting to a place where I actually pour my heart out, where I want people to care for me and then know that two years from now they're going to move on. Where's the community in that? We struggle with having community. But here's the thing that I want to say. Even if you've had a horrible experience in community, my hope and my prayer is that you actually find community because community matters. All of us need encouragement, and all of us need admonishment. All of us need someone who comes around us and encourages us to follow Jesus. Without those people in our life, it's very easy to drift away from God and what he has called us to do. Um, In my family, uh, we have a community, and I have uh, two younger kids, as you know, I have five all total, but the two younger ones have been really good lately at being my admonishers. Parents, don't you love it when kids tell you, dude, man, you're, you're doing this wrong. <laughs> and uh, Kaylee's not here, so she probably won't watch the video, but I'll be honest, lately I've been calling her the Holy Spirit. Because she'll tell me, Dad, you're doing this wrong. <laughs> Your attitude is not good. 
And then Janet the other day was yelling at me because I got to stop throwing tantrums. I'm like, tantrums? What are you talking about? But that whole idea of someone, when they say that, even if you're not, like your kids will sometimes go to you, mom, dad, you're yelling. And you're like, dude, I am not yelling. If you want to hear me yell, I'll yell, right? But they're letting you know. They're like a warning system that's saying, hey, listen, the way that you're acting now, the words that you're saying, they're not good. They're not good for you to be speaking right now. And that's what they've been doing. And so to me, it's a realization that I need people who are willing to say, hey, this, what you're doing is wrong. You can't keep doing that. You're hurting people. You need to stop. We need that in a community. But if that's all we got out of community, then who would want community, to be honest with you, right? Who likes to go to a place where people always tell you, hey, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, you're doing this wrong, and eventually you want to say, hands up, I quit, I give up. We need other people who will come alongside and encourage us and tell us, you're doing well. What you did, I appreciate. I really like the fact that you did this. and, And as much as I pick on Kaylee and Janet, they're also the two that who come alongside of me, and they do have my back. They do watch me. They do care for me. They are saying these things not because they want to be mean, but because they care, they love, and they want to protect. Scripture is full of one another's. And when I look at Daniel and his three friends, what I see is these guys actually understood what community was like. We're in a hostile environment that does not want us to follow God. We have to stick together. And I'd have to say the same thing for those of us here who are at Harvest. It's not just our church against the world. That kind of attitude is not a good attitude. It's not the attitude that we need. What we need to have is that we are together in this struggle to follow Jesus. There's a little bit of a difference because one creates an us in them and the other one says we're together. We're not against people. Our fight, our battle is not against people, but it is against what? Spiritual powers. That's where our struggle is. We've got to be together. Years ago, I don't know if you guys remember the 3 a.m. comment by Hillary Clinton. Does anyone remember that? You know, like, who are you going to call at 3 a.m.? Meaning, like, if there's a world crisis, you want to call a leader who knows what they're doing, so you call them at 3 a.m. Does anyone remember that? Okay, somebody, please, encourage me. Raise your hands. Like, oh, I watch too much TV and read too much politics. I don't know what's happening. Either that or you guys are boring and you don't get out. Maybe, maybe I'll run with that one. But the idea behind that is then at 3 a.m. when it's an emergency, who do you call? And I remember sitting in a small group with people, and I raised the question, who are your 3 a.m. people? And the response that everyone gave in that room was someone who wasn't at harvest at the time. And I thought to myself, isn't that really interesting? The people that you go to church with aren't your 3 a.m. people. Now, what I'm trying to say today, we have a a good community group system here at Harvest. It is not perfect. It has its flaws. It has its mistakes. Every church, you'll find them. But it's a place where people gather, and they come together, and they live life. They walk together in following after Jesus. I think that is. But I'm not saying like, right, you know, if you're not in a community group, you have to get in a community group. What I want you to hear today is you have to find brothers and sisters who will be your 3 a.m. people. You see, these four guys were their 3 a.m. people. If you're ever in trouble, you call me and I will be their kind of person. We will stand together. That's why community matters because of the struggle that we face. 
Community matters because we not only need God, but we need one another as we try to follow him in a world that tries to make us Chaldeans rather than conform to the image of Jesus Christ. And so who are your 3 a.m. people? They could be anyone. To be honest with you, I wish it was someone that you would find here at Harvest that you would be able to walk this Christian life with. But if not, have someone that you can always turn to and talk to. You see, the yesterday's episode on SWAT was really interesting because this guy thought, you know what a man is like? A man is someone who is able to look at his problems and to be able to handle them himself and not have any difficulties. Talk to somebody? No, men don't do that. Share your burdens? No, men don't do that. About to take your life? No, men don't talk to anyone about that. We need to keep it private. And that whole episode was saying, no, you don't. Because what they were trying to communicate in the show was that what police officers see on a regular basis, the darkness of life, all of the things that they see on this regular basis really creates a lot of difficulty emotionally and mentally for police officers. So what they're saying in this show is we need to come together. And what we're learning here through Daniel is we need to be together as a church family. There are no ifs, there are no ands, there are no buts. Now, mind you, we may not be friends with everyone here. Not expected. But you need to have some people who surround you in a way that helps you follow Jesus. So here's the application. I have two of them up there. I only went with one, so now I'm going to have to make an apology because we're about to have the shortest harvest service ever. We're supposed to have communion today. So I apologize that we're not having communion because my assumption was that the communion cups were still in the uh, cases and I could not find them in the cases. So today I made a mistake. I assumed all week long that they would be there and they were not, which is why we're not having communion. And which is why I only have one application for us to follow, even though there are two up there. And that one application is pretty simple. Find your 3 a.m. people. You see, what I'm telling you is this. Be courageous. Be willing to stand up to the culture when it says, do this even though it goes against what you believe, but do it anyway because it's not a big deal. It's a small compromise. It's a little thing. These guys said, no, we refuse to compromise. What I'm encouraging us is to find people who are our 3 a.m. people, those people that we can turn to and actually talk to and say, this is where I am at. I'll be honest with you, as a pastor a few years ago when I went through a period of depression, going to a therapist and actually having other people that I could verbalize my frustration, my fears, my disappointment to was incredibly helpful. And it's something that we as a community of followers of Jesus need to have in order to continue walking in courage for Christ in the world that we live in. Because ultimately, without walking together It is easy for us to drift away and find ourselves in a place where we're no longer walking with Jesus and we're actually more Chaldean than we are Christ-like. So let's pray.
Our Father, you uh, call us into your family. And uh, you know our hearts. And if we're honest, if I'm honest, as I pray, there are some members of the family uh, that are really hard to get along with. But if I really want to be honest as well, I don't think that you say that's okay. I think it really matters to you when there is a lack of peace in your family. So I pray for us as a, as a family here. One, I pray that we find family. Yes, here. But also even in our lives outside of being here on Sundays. People who, like Daniel had in his life, who stood with him as he followed you. But I pray also, Father, that as we understand your family, that we'll also look at ourselves and see in what ways have I affected the family life of other people, good or bad. And I would pray that as a church, that we wouldn't have a goal of being courageous just to be courageous, but be courageous because of who Jesus is and what he's done for us and what he wants to do for others. And to do that with a group of people who love us very similar to the way that you love us. Because, Father, without community, there are very few people who can actually become more like you by themselves. It just doesn't happen. There is so much going on around us. And so I pray, Father, that when we leave here today, that we don't just hear something about community, but we actually look for people who will be our brothers and sisters, not in name only, but in lifestyle. That as we walk together, encouraging admonishing, carrying one another's burdens, that community will be seen for what it is, that it matters. Community matters. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.